People say time is relative. And you might be one of the many physicians out there that feel that there is just never enough time. And you're totally not alone with this. So in this episode, we will uncover secrets to creating more time. And we will look at how time is really a finite resource and how critical it is to establish a good relationship with your time so that you can, in some ways, create more of it. So stay tuned and we will be right back. Welcome to the Academic Revolution Podcast, where we are creating a movement to change the future of academic medicine forever. I'm Inga Hoffman, a Harvard-trained pediatric hematologist, oncologist, and a passionate leadership coach with over 20 years of experience in academic medicine. This is the first podcast for academic physicians that will show you how to achieve higher productivity, become an impactful leader, and create a highly successful career doing what you love without sacrificing your personal life. You and I know that the traditional system is broken, so it's time to say no to the old publish or perish mentality and say yes to lasting change. Join me as we transform academic medicine from the inside out, one physician at a time, starting right here with the Academic Revolution podcast. Welcome back to the Academic Revolution podcast. I'm so happy you're here and today I'm really excited to follow up on our conversation from last week where we talked about time and our relationship with time. And chances are, if you're like most academic physicians, juggling multiple responsibilities, you constantly feel that time is tight. There is never enough time to go around to finish all that you need to finish. And therefore, many of us feeling stressed out, exhausted, always a bit on the edge because it feels like time is constantly running out. Well, I just want to let you know that you are definitely not alone with this, my friend, and and we all feel like this at times. In the last episode, we talked a lot about our relationship with time. So I encourage you to go back to that episode 19 and uh, catch up if you have not listened to it. And today I want to just take sort of a next step with this philosophy with this concept of creating a better relationship with our time and really diving into how we can leverage this and maybe share some secrets how we can all create more time and leverage our time better so that we can accomplish all the things we want to do in medicine and our personal life without being constantly stressed out. Because I don't know about you, but Honestly, I feel like life is too short and it's too precious to just always be on the hamster wheel and always feel like you're spinning your wheels, you're working hard and you feel always behind and then never have enough time to really enjoy life. And some people live from a concept of working hard and hustling and working day and night because that's what it takes to be successful. Honestly, I feel like that is a broken strategy leading to burnout, resentment, frustration. And one day or another, many people that work from that philosophy wake up and think, wow, why did I do all this and have regrets? 
as a pediatric oncologist, I see this all the time. People have have a very con- different concept, right? When something enters your family that is devastating, whether it's an accident or a difficult situation you're dealing with or an illness, you realize that time is short and time is precious and life is incredibly precious. So how we construct our life around this concept of time and how we have the relationship with time really is so critical for us to live a life to the fullest that we can really enjoy. So I want to unpack a few things here. Number one, you have heard it said, you probably said before, time is relative, right? Sometimes it flows by fast, sometimes it seems to be slowing down. In fact, it is all a matter of what's happening in your life, how you experience that time. And I want to talk about that more in a minute. But just like money, time is a relative concept in many ways. But there's a big difference between time and money. And that is this, your time is finite. Time for all of us is finite. And honestly, none of us know how long we're going to be alive, how long we're going to be present, how much time we have left to do the things we want to do. That's why I often challenge people in my coaching program, like think about it. If you only had six or 12 months left to live or on this planet to do something, what would you do? How would that inform your decision and change your mindset? And it's always a very powerful exercise when people go through that to unlock what is really a deeper meaning to people versus just chasing after the things in the moment. So time is finite. It runs the same way for all of us, right? There's 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week, 365 days in a year. We cannot change time. We are not uh, a time bender. (laughs) Uh, We're not in quantum physics, um, although there's maybe some interesting concepts. But in general, time is finite. Now, in contrast, money is actually not finite. Many people believe that money is finite and that's why we have this very restrictive relationship to money, right? We think, well, there's only so much to go around, right? In grant funding, we think, well, that's how much the NIH is going to put out this year. So that's how much is available. We have to slice that one pie into multiple little pieces, some of them so tiny and fragmented that you feel like everybody's fighting over that same pie to get a little slither of something. And here's the thing, money is actually not finite. That's a whole different conversation. But that conversation we should have at some point because I think it is so instrumental that we change our mindset around money as well. Money is a tool that's been given to us to create expansion, to create better things. It's not something to grab onto. And if we change our mindset around that, lots in our academic medicine field, how we approach grants and all these kind of things will change. But here's the thing. Money is not finite. There's an abundance of it. You can create more by providing services, by solving problems and so forth. Time is finite. So if you think about that simple distinction that time is finite and money is not, how does that affect your day-to-day decisions? 
in your personal as well as your professional life. Let me give you a couple examples what you might want to think about or how that might look like. So if I say, well, my time is really finite and it's a very most precious resource I possess, more so than money because money is not finite and it can be recreated. Well, then what am I trading things for? All right, you can trade time for money. That's what a lot of people do. They're trying to save money and trade in their time and they feel constantly behind. So simple examples in your household, in your personal life, you could outsource things, right? Services like cooking, shopping, cleaning, laundry, whatever, you name it to create more time by paying for that service. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, no, I don't want to waste money. I want to save that money. And I sometimes have a lot of limiting beliefs around this as well and had a lot. And you have to decide, well, what is that hour that I'm spending on this really worth to me? Hey there, friend, real quick. If you followed me for any amount of time, you realize that I'm super passionate about helping other academic physicians just like you thrive in academic medicine. And for this purpose, I have created a three-day live training series called The Academic Revolution Live. The event starts October 6th, and I really want you to be there. It's gonna be awesome, and you're gonna learn a lot. To sign up, go to Inga Hoffman, one F and two N's dot com forward slash AR life to sign up. Again, that is Inga Hoffman dot com forward slash AR life. You can also find the link in the show notes. Cannot wait to see you there. Talk to you soon. In your professional life, there is also things, there are things that you are trading time and money. So, for example, there is a lot of tasks that we are doing that really don't need to be done by us. Um, there's a lot of administrative tasks, people running their own schedules, booking their own travel, filling out their own forms, when the vast majority have at least some level of administrative resource you could delegate that to. And you might say, well, Inga, you don't understand my situation. I'm a junior faculty member. I actually don't have an admin or I only have a fraction of an admin or worse, I don't know how to use an admin. By the way, all problems that can be solved. But let's say you would only have a fraction of an admin. Then think about a handful of tasks that you repetitively do that are redundant that you could give to somebody else. Yes, I know in the beginning it might take you more time to delegate that task and to explain the task. And yes, I know you might think nobody does it as perfect as me. I've been there. But you have to learn how to delegate these things to get your time back. And sometimes you might also consider investing your own personal post tax dollars. I know that does not sound very attractive to actually get a professional task done. So if you don't have the support at work, 
you don't have an admin, but there are some redundant uh, tasks that you're doing. You could hire your own admin. You could get a virtual assistant to help you with certain things. Now, I understand there is some restrictions around institutions, uh, so you have to check that with your institution. But there's things you could do to create more time and give tasks to other people. Give you a practical example that doesn't impact any institutional firewalls and HIPAA and all those kind of things. Let's say you want to update your CV. You could have somebody help you with that, at least to reformat it. You could have somebody and hire somebody to beautify your PowerPoint presentations and get them all in a great format. In fact, when I did my job talks a number of years ago, I wanted to make sure that my presentation looked polished. I hired somebody on Fiverr who made a slide deck for me, not the content, but who put all the content that I had there for that process, for that application, for that job talk, and made it look perfect. Well, because I did it on a short timeline, it cost me a couple hundred bucks. Was it totally worth the headache and the hours it saved me and the sanity? A hundred percent yes. So I bet you, if you carefully think about, you can find examples that you can outsource to another person and just get your time back. Invest some money, even if it's your personal money and your institution doesn't support you invest your personal money. Because what is really more important? You get your sanity back, you create some buffer, you create some time, or you're holding on to the belief that nobody is good enough to do it and that you don't want to spend the money and that cannot be done. If you think about the options, there's a gazillion ways you can actually delegate and outsource some things and create more time. It's up to you. So that's really one important thing I wanted to talk about. Let's shift gears here for a moment. The other concept that is so incredibly important for us to think about time is to really understand how we are living in the moment. You know, often when people look at their past, they might meet their past with maybe joy. They have some good memories, but they also might be especially in relationship to time, you might look at your past and feel resentment. You might look at your past and say, I should be further along. I should have gotten more done. I'm resentful. I wasted my time. I was stuck in this postdoc position too long. I should have jumped ship from my institution early on, find a new job. There's a lot of resentment that comes with things. So be very aware as you go through your day-to-day activities Where do you reflect on your past and where does resentment show up, especially as it relates to time? And then in terms of the future, many of us look to the future with worry and concern, especially in this day and age. I think over the last couple of years and even more so now than maybe two years or three years ago, people look at our future and we worry about a future that hasn't even happened. And that's a big topic to go into. Again, something that shows up at every coaching session I've ever had with one of my academic physician clients. This concept shows up. It's very fascinating. And that's just how we humans operate. 
So we look to our future. We wonder what's going to happen to the job market. What's going to happen to the grant funding line? What's going to happen to my career? Will I find a job? What about my mentor? All these things, we worry about the future in a time frame that hasn't even happened and that we honestly don't have any control over. We think we have a control, but there is an illusion that we actually do and a whole different topic we can talk about another time. But just know that looking to your future in the concept of time brings you often more fear and worry. And you really want to stay out of your fear. You want to guard your mind, right? That's where mental mastery, pillar number three of the physician success DNA method comes in. You want to guard your mind with all your heart, with all your might, because that's where the action happens. So, We talked about the past, we talked about the future, let's talk about the present. Because that's all we ever have. All you have is the present, right here, right now. And when you stay in that moment of the present, you have a different perspective. That's why, why do people do mindfulness? Why do they do meditation? Because they're staying in the present moment. They're not trying to go ahead, not trying to go to the past staying in the present and being fully aware of that present moment. And that's when time actually slows down. As a physician, I don't have to tell you that our time is so relative. You know, what we think about, we, we sometimes worry again about the future. Oh, you know, will I, will I ever get my goals accomplished? Where will I be five years from now? We often underestimate what we can do in in the next five to ten years we often overestimate what we can do in a day or maybe even a month right we always are a little bit more over ambitious especially academic physicians just like you right we want to get stuff done we are go-getters we are achievers and we are often over ambitious but those timelines are all so relative a five-year plan might be so distant in the future and One minute passes by like nothing. But what is one minute worth to somebody who wants to spend one more moment with their loved one? What is one minute or 10 minutes to, you know, a young lover or somebody who's just gotten in a relationship and waiting for a boyfriend or girlfriend to show up at their doorstep, right? If you remember those days, if if those are part of your history, Right, you look at those and and those 10 minutes when you're waiting there by the window for the car to show up to pick you up when you were a teen, right? It takes forever, right? So time is relative. And remember, live in the present moment because that's where you'll be able to create time and then treat your time wisely and how you treat it, your relationship with it, and how you delegate out things is how you have a secret weapon or actually three secret weapons in your hand to create more time to create the life the career that you really want because what that's what we're here to do right so you can make a better impact in medicine and academia and leave a legacy versus being that struggling academic physician that's spinning your hamster wheels right managing not managing your time but changing relationship with time and living in the present moment and being fully aware that there is a trade-off between time and money between delegation and holding on to stuff that's how you can create 
lasting success. So I hope this helped you. I hope this served you. You can tell I'm super passionate about this. So I'm excited to hear from you. And yeah, if you haven't done so, leave a review or leave some comments and let me know how this show spoke to you. Thank you so much and talk to you soon. Hey there, friend. If you're in academic medicine, you understand the importance of securing grant funding to move your research projects, your dreams, and to promotion forward. Whether you're an educator, a clinician, or a bench scientist, or anything in between, grant funding is critical for your promotion and your academic success. Now, for this purpose, I've created a five-day challenge to help you get your grants written. At this five-day challenge, you will walk away with the exact step-by-step blueprint to get your grants done and most importantly, overcome the obstacles that stand in your way, such as procrastination and imposter syndrome and just being busy and distracted. So I want you to be there and I'm so excited to host this for the first time. Share this with any of your colleagues and friends. It's a free event. To register, go to ingahoffman.com forward slash grants. Again, ingahoffman.com forward slash grants. Cannot wait to see you there.